All right, I gotta stop y'all there. Gotta stop you, you there. This is a special edition of the Common Sense Podcast. I am sitting down with my former high school English teacher, Mrs. Tori Moss, uh, Mrs. Moss, um, to talk about you know our experiences together uh, when I was her student. Um, I want to talk to her about how she thinks education has changed over the years. Um, and we're just gonna, you know, have some real teacher talk. Um, so I'm excited. So sit back, relax. This is the Common Sense Podcast on Good Trouble Media. Yeah, I can do anything. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Common Sense Podcast, a special edition of the Common Sense Podcast. My name is Patrick, for all of those of you who've been listening for, I guess I could say, years now. Um, And Anthony is not here with me, but I do have a very special guest. As you know, it is Teacher Appreciation Week. And so I thought it would be a really good idea to bring on someone who knows me very well um, and someone for Teacher Appreciation Week. I am bringing on my former high school senior, right, uh, English teacher. I don't, I don't want to like, I'm not sure because back in the day it was Miss, uh, Miss Bush and now, you know, so it's like, I don't know. No, no, yes, hello, it's Tori Moss, I'm here, I'm Yay. so excited. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so um, much for having me, this is exciting. Yes, this is like my, I was telling someone recently how I have always been a, like afraid of interviews, um, wow. but now I'm feeling like led to do more of them. Um, so this is this is exciting for me. Um, for those of you who have been listening, you know how we start off our show. We always start off with some good news. Um, Would you like to start or would you like me to start? Sure, I'll I'll start. Um, So, you know, despite everything going on with Corona, we have something exciting to look forward to. This Thursday, our school is going to be caravanning along with the Southfield Fire Department for our valedictorian. So I'm excited for that just to, you know, be a part of something different and to go show her how proud we are of her. So that's some good news. That's awesome. I think, uh, you know, you've been teaching for many years and I'm sure you've never seen a a senior year quite like this one. Um, And this is good news. So I'm going to stay good, but I'm loving to see like all the the creativity that's coming out of the schools. Um, And as we sort of think about how we're going to be uh, celebrating the work of the young people, I guess, you know, out here. That's good. Um, good news for me. Let's see. Um, you know, I'm really starting to appreciate Michigan. Um, the governor said that I could hike. That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) Where were you? That was beautiful. Yes. Traverse City. Oh, yes. Yes. beautiful. You know, I've never been up there. I went up to uh, Mackinac when I was a fifth grader for like a school trip uh, shout out to Kennedy Elementary School, rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> rest, 
<laughs> Rest in peace. Um, and so, yeah, they took us to Mackinac. But, yeah, I went up to Traverse City and um, just, like, hiked along the dunes. And, of course, there weren't that many people up there. And those who were, like, you know, we – you know, we're practicing social distancing and all those sorts of things. But I was like, wow, like they're like Michigan is so diverse in its landscape. It is. And it just made me like really appreciate the state more, especially considering that I'm just technically moving back after being gone for five years. And it just made me think like, am I really a city boy or do I like, you know, <laughs> really appreciate the rural life as well? So it's given me some things to think about as I sort of figure out where my where my life is going. Yes, um, that's exciting. It looks beautiful. I've been up there before. I've never been to Mackinac, believe it or not. Okay. My whole life, I still need to go up there. But yes. I do like Traverse City. It's very, very nice. Yes. You got to go to Mackinac and you got to stay at least one or two nights in the Grand Hotel. And you right. got to have the big feast. Like that was that's where we learned like all about um table etiquette and like they gave us like twelve, you know, pieces of silverware and like you know, like as a fifth grader, I was like, Oh wow, like this is cool and it was like buffet style and you know, there's no cars on the island for those of you who don't know Michigan and it's known for it's fudge, so it you does. definitely want to be <laughs> definitely want to visit the UP and Mackinac Island. Yes. Good news. Send us your good news um, at commonsensepod at gmail.com, or you can just tag me like y'all normally do uh, on <laughs> Twitter and Instagram <laughs> at President Pat. So we're just going to get straight uh, into I'm it. well this is what we're here for right guys i just really want to have a conversation that's not super planned none of the episodes are because we believe in authenticity and all those sorts of things and you know i'm sure things will come out um but i will first just like to the people to know um something that I already know which is how you got into teaching um, and why you chose this as your as your profession yes absolutely well you know Pat I come from do they do they know you as Pat on here <laughs> it's fine it's fine <laughs> I come from a long line of educators um, my mom is a teacher my grandmother was a teacher my grandfather was a teacher and principal um, my uncle was a teacher. My father has taught. Uh, so it was, I spent a lot of time in the classroom, even when I wasn't in school. Of so, um, you know, I wanted to be an actress and my mom said, that's fine, but get your degree. <laughs> so, which was always my plan to, I just, I, I was like, well, let me get it in communications. And she's like, no get it in teaching, get it in education, and then you'll always have something to fall back on. And my quote unquote fallback plan was the thing that I really just fell in love with. Mm. So even though other opportunities presented themselves, teaching was something that I just always stuck with because I, I loved it. I still love it. Yes. And I can tell, I've always known that, you know, even before I was your student, 
Um, quick fact, and correct me if I'm wrong, you still currently teach with your mom or in the same building, no, right? We are on the same campus. She's in the K-8 building, and then I'm in the 6 to 12 building. Yes. Wow. That is so cool. <laughs> I, wow. I love that. Yes. Um, so a lot of folks, when I told them that I was doing this episode, of course, they want to know, like, well, what do you remember about our time together? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you know what, and I hate to say like favorite class, but yeah. like 2011 was just so memorable. It mm. really was. That was I don't know. If, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to reflect like, okay, what year? So I started teaching in 2005. It was the 2004-2005 school year. Yeah. Okay. So that would have been, you know, right around six years into my career. I think I just think it was the right time for all of us. Like, yeah. like you guys were just a nice dynamic. Everybody in that group had something different to mm. offer. And when you put everyone together, it was just fire. You know, the, yeah. the, the chemistry amongst you all. And it wasn't like super competitive. You know, some classes, they're so competitive that they don't even have a chance to appreciate what they could do collectively. Yeah. They're just so busy trying to get to the top, and I see that a lot. Mm. But with, with your class, with class of 2011, I have nothing but fond memories. Like, it was just you all were just such a great group. And and I think this is the one class with so many who are still keep in touch with. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. I always tell people that I loved my K-12 experience. Like despite all the things that happened, despite all the things that people say, when people say like, oh, you know, I wasn't prepared for college and all that stuff. I was like, I felt prepared going into Michigan State. And it wasn't one class or one experience. It literally was a collection of experiences, a collection of teachers, you know, from Kennedy to Thompson Middle School to Southfield Lathrop High School. I was like, I just had... You know, and I'm sure, like, as a kid, we don't know all the things that happen behind the scenes, but right. <laughs> but I was like, I, like, really enjoyed my experience. Um, in high school, um, I know we went through a principal change maybe while I was there, but I just remembered there was power in two things. The first was there was a power in teacher retention. Mm -hmm. So I knew that, first of all, let me say, I did not like having the ninth grade co cohort experience. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> that was weird. But like, I knew that I was going to have you one year and I knew that I was going to have, uh, you know, whoever else, uh, you know, so that built a community and I felt like I belonged at, at South Philadelphia High School. And then I think yeah. the second thing was just like, just like, I felt challenged. When I, while I was there. I felt challenged <laughs> academically. Um, I always tell people that, like, there's only one person that could have ever forced me to read Frankenstein, and that's the person <laughs> who I'm sitting here with right now. Uh, you glad I didn't <laughs> <laughs> My goodness, and those vocabulary quizzes, wow. Um, but, because, was that was AP, I don't know, was that AP? Yeah, that was AP. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that was scary for me. Like, 
as a student. And I would have never known. The way you immersed yourself, I would have never known that was scary to you. I felt like, you know, as a high schooler, that I didn't know who I fit in with. You know, like I didn't know if I was with the AP kids or if I was with the regular kids because I was always in the middle. You know, like even when I came from Thompson to um, Southfield Lathrop, there was this tracking system, you know, that was like, okay, either you're all honors or you're half honors or you're not honors at all. And I was always half honors. So I had English uh, honors English and honors social studies, but I didn't have honors math and science. So I always felt like I was like, like a mix of between the two but I was so intimidated by like everyone in that class because I was like am I going to be able to like you know do my thing here but I think having you as a teacher really did just kind of ease all of that for me because I think what I remember most is that you had such a such a way to connect you know, with me that just allowed me to sort of be myself because I saw you being yourself. Like, I was like, you know, like, we, we had some characters in the building, you know? <laughs> but I'm, I'm saying, like, I never, like, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I really feel like me and her connect, you know? And, yes. and, I, and, and I can go and talk to you about a variety of things. And so that really, you know, sort of, pushed me um that year and it's funny I didn't know we had that in common with Thompson you know I went to Thompson and South Philathrop yes the same tracking system going on yeah I was drawn to the arts and sciences and not the math you know yeah (laughs) I can't relate but I didn't know I didn't know that was your same experience until now yeah and I was like I felt so bad when I didn't get the all honors like you know thing coming from the middle school over to the high school and I was like what did I do wrong um but you know everything happens for a reason um I wanted to sort of tell people two stories before I go into like my questions other questions one is um you guys have may have seen me share this um but I did a Maya Angelou uh presentation (laughs) in your class once I don't even totally remember the directions for the assignment me either okay <laughs> <laughs> i can't even say we ever did it again i don't remember <laughs> i just know you all knocked it out the park especially you <laughs> oh my gosh that was incredible um i don't remember what the assignment was but i do remember performing in my angelou poem and i do remember going to northland mall and i remember buying like you know, African or Daishiki <laughs> attire, you know, to truly connect with my Angelou, who was still alive at the time. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was a great moment. That was, I will never forget. I, okay, so it, it must have been some kind of poetry assignment. Yeah. And I think you could perform it. And I was not expecting that. <laughs> and it was just amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. I was like, you know, but I felt comfortable because I wouldn't have done that in like, you know, just any old class. So really interesting. Um, Another memory that I have is the last, maybe the last week of school. And I remember typing you this letter that, you know, with like a background on it and putting it in an envelope and just like really pouring my little 
my little 17 or 18 year old heart out <laughs> just of like how you uh, truly impacted my my life there. You did. And I know I still have it. If it's not here in my home, it's in my school. But that letter was so beautiful. And up to that point, I had never gotten anything like that. Like at, at the U now, they do a senior gratitude assignment at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. So the kids actually have to write three letters um, before they graduate. So I've gotten notes, but nothing ever like that. I mean, and I, like I said, I still have it. He had this beautiful paper. He had it like in a folio. I mean, and he, he when he says he's poured his heart out, he really did. And I cried when I read that letter. I'm sure I, I cannot read that letter and not tear up because it was yeah. so beautiful, Thank so thoughtful. And I just, I never forgot it, Pat. And I still appreciate you for that. So thank you again, because that was just beautiful. Man. And those are the kinds of things that, little do you know, those are the kinds of things that, help people stay in education yes. because sometimes it can be such a thankless job, but one note like that can give you another two, three years. You're like, okay, I can keep going. And then you might get another little nugget and you say, okay, I can keep going. And then you look up and now for me, it's been 15 years. Yeah. So I really appreciate that was just beautiful. I'll never forget that. And I'm loving getting them from my own students now. Um, and yes. one of the things that I wrote down in my notes was, you were one of the only teachers who didn't attempt to scare me away from teaching when I knew that it was something that I wanted to do. Um, we know that, you know, there are some teachers who have experiences and who, you know, experience injustice in the profession. And they're like, you know, they may not want that for their particular kid or their particular student. Um, but I, I, you know, you never like said, I'm gonna think about something else. Uh, <laughs> so, like, I I appreciated that as well. Well, thank you. Uh, um, well, thank you. <laughs> so, we have some um, some really interesting questions here for you. <clears throat> the first was, um, how have you seen education change over the years? You know, from 2005 to 2020. I'm really interested to just to hear this from you, particularly because you've been in like one place um for younger teachers like me you know i think we move around a little bit more <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> well, that's okay. but that is okay that's okay i yeah i'm i'm a creature of comfort so i don't i couldn't do it but hats yeah. off to those of you who can because that that takes a lot you have to learn the staff you have to learn the school dynamic it's a lot, but but lot. that makes you more adaptable, you know, and you get a lot more, a lot of different experiences, you know, but to answer your question, I mean, it's changed a lot. You know, when I first came into the building, it was so large. We didn't, I didn't even have my own classroom. I was actually mm. in between classes for my first semester, because like I said, I came in in January. So it was just a semester left and I shared a room with a science teacher and an English teacher. And they were, so one was in lower B hall and one was in upper D hall. So, you know, oh, nice. <laughs> you were racing just like with the kids. Got it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I'll never forget the science teacher told me she had, had uh, dry erase boards in her room. <laughs> and she says, here are the markers. Don't steal them. <laughs> wow. 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 She said, Don't steal her markers. Wow. <laughs> But you know, she was a trip and yeah. uh, 
you know, you just welcome to the profession, right? You yes, know, like. yes. <laughs> but the, the English teacher who I shared the room with, she was very traditional, mm. old school, you know. And back then, we were still using the Next dry book. erase sheets oh. and the no, I'm taking you way back. Oh, the, the projector with the light, and you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like you, you're writing on the. The transparency and then yes, the kids yeah, were looking yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> yep. We were on that. And then I remember like um we were on that and then we had if we wanted an online grade book, which I did have, you had to buy software. Okay. So I had some software called like my grade book, mygradebook.com. I don't know if they're still around, but yeah. that's what I had, and you downloaded it, and then that way you could put in scores without having to I knew I wasn't gonna be writing in a grade book and adding it up at the end. Oh, I, I remember seeing that though, you know, like <laughs> a lot of people were still doing that, like penciling in. They were using those little green books. With the easy then, grader. Yeah. <laughs> so oh okay, so then, <laughs> then like within five years, we were getting smart boards installed in every room. It was like it just jumped from zero to from chalkboard to smart board. It felt like overnight. Wow. And I was like, okay, now we're talking because I can't make all these copies and you know. Mm -hmm. So then that that happened. And then when I left Lather to come to the U, we were using Evernote. We were really right. using Evernote as a Google Classroom. That's really mm -hmm. what we were doing. We had student folders, they were dropping their work in there. And then within like three years of that, Google Classroom launched. Wow. So I've seen a lot of changes specifically with the technology since I Yeah. Has the switch over to digital learning been a sharp thing for you or has it been like pretty easy transition since I know that you had um laptops and stuff in the classroom? Yes, it it's been a pretty smooth transition. We were already using Google Classroom, and so really, we just the only difference is now you know we don't get to see each other in person. But yeah. it's been pretty smooth. We get on Zoom, we use Google Classroom and uh, Vocabulary.com, and we had some jams and this. So we've been adapting. Yeah, same. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It, I teach at a brick and mortar school, you know, and so, and, you know, ever since my third year of teaching, I always have used, I created a classroom website from my remote distance class at Michigan State. So I've always sort of used that website to post content. And then my third year of teaching, I like started to really utilize that as like a, another mode of instruction. And so, um, I started doing that again this year, um, but that was not like a school-wide thing. That was just like a Patrick thing. And mm -hmm. so, uh, you know, it's like there's a there's a sharp transition for, for some of us. And just with equity and making sure that students have the devices that they need to log on and truly engage in the work has been causing quite the discussions. Yeah. Um, another question I had was, uh, you know, since I've known you as a as a as a teacher and now as a colleague, you know you've always made it a priority to do work life balance. <laughs> I yes. know. <laughs> yes, and and like you know you mentioning that you wanted to be an actress, right? Like I knew that when you were my teacher because I you know you share with us that you know commercial shoots or like you know and now you're doing more of the voice recording and um and 
commercials and things of that nature. So I'm just curious to know, like, one, why? Like, why do you, like, make time for this stuff? And then, two, how do you make time for this stuff? (laughs) Well, for the why, I think because just because you are a teacher or a doctor or, you know, a technician, whatever, it doesn't mean that that's all you are, right? And it doesn't mean that you have to give up the other parts of you. I just... When I came into teaching, I was still narrating for the auto show. So I've never only taught, you know what I mean? I always had a couple jobs going. Right, right. As the teachers know, we have to. (laughs) But um, yeah, even when I first started, I was still, you know, doing other things. So it's kind of all I know. And I just think it's important to to still pursue your passion. So you can have passion projects and still earn a, you know, a living. And I think you just, you just make time for what's important. So, yes, you know, sometimes I have to take off and that's what those days are for, you, you know? Um, but it's something that I love and it's something that I can bond over with my students, you know, because they're interested in the arts and performing. And for some of them, that seems like something that's unexpected attainable and I just I want them to know like no it's definitely not unattainable the sky's the limit Mm -hmm. I tell them especially like these last few classes there have been so many opportunities for them it's like you need to take advantage of all you can you know because there are so many different different ways and it's easier to find the information now so I just I just think it's important to to still do things that you love you know, in addition to your main focus. Yes. And that is a model for me as, you know, when people say to me, how do you, or why do you want to do this podcast and all these things? I said, well, not only do I think the work is important um, and like putting out quality content. um, My mission has always been to showcase the real lives of people within, you know, global education systems to you know, really help to make teaching a national and international priority in our in our world, um, and so being able to uh, attack that you know from multiple uh, p- points is like really important. And I've always told people because I saw you, it's like you don't have to leave the classroom to make your dreams come true, right? Like, right. like you know, you can do it from within and with students and in front of students. And I think that, um, like, you know, there are many ways that you can uh, be entirely happy and entirely whole. Well said. And, you know, we have have a whole summer off. Do you know how many of my friends are always saying, oh, I wish I had the summer off. Oh, and we know it's not a true, like, you know, four months or anything like that. But still, it, it is so many days time. yeah so much time so why not awesome why not <laughs> um before i go into the last speed round um do you have any questions yes i do um i want to know so you i know you were doing something with um the museums yeah i was just wondering if you have found a way to kind of 
weave that into the classroom or is that something you're keeping separate or what's your what's your plan with oh this? man i haven't even <laughs> talked about this but let me go ahead and spill it um so <laughs> i was taking classes uh museum classes at cal cal state with my last little bit of teach for america eagle like my education award <clears throat> and so the reason is because um i i love horror films that's just my thing and um i wanted to create a haunted house at one point in time because there were no haunted houses in detroit and then i thought like um i read a book and saw a, a documentary that there was more literature and scholarship on like the african-american experience and portrayals of african-americans in horror films across the years and how the horror genre has like been used to like talk about race and gender and um, intersectionality. So basically I said I wanted to create like a, a small micro museum experience that allows people to explore African-Americans in the horror genre. And then it will have like a haunted house attached to that. Um, and what's funny about that is, you know, I, created the pitch and proposal and I did the retreat and I, you know, sort of figured, figured it out with my partner. And, um, we were so bummed. Like we, we were like, we got to make it happen. October, 2020, this is it. Um, like we missed a deadline for like a crucial, um, a crucial grant. And Uh like we talked to this one lady, um, and she couldn't help us, but she sent, She's she like helped us to revise and she was sending our stuff over to Jordan Peele. Um, I was just gonna say you need to connect with Jordan Peele. Yeah, so like that was crazy. So she's like sent our stuff over to him, Mm. but like with all of that stuff happening, we like we didn't hear back. We were just like we don't you know kind of know what to do. So we felt discouraged, and then COVID nineteen. So it's like Uh so crazy how like things happen. So now we can apply for those grants that we missed. Now we can follow up with her. Now we can do that. So basically, um, I want to do a lot of things, and I know that with the museum, um, and I have a lot of students who love horror films as well. That I would love to just kind of create some sort of internship experience where they get a chance to. Um, create some experimental art or, um, you know, really help to do some engineering and design of what that space looks like. So right now it's still in the, it's still in the building phase, but we're moving forward. So it's good. Thanks for asking. Okay. So this is my speed fire round. Um, (laughs) You'll catch on, um, but you just say, uh, you just complete the sentence. Okay. Okay. Don't get scared, I promise. Um, More students should. Appreciate what their teachers are trying to do while they're in the classroom with them and not so much so after they're gone. More teachers should. Take the time to appreciate their students and make those connections and, and really build lifelong relationships. More districts should. Come visit the classrooms, not to evaluate, but just to get a reality check of what it's really like and what's really happening. More countries should. Collaborate um, to have some sort of uniform international standards for education. 
Thank you so much. Oh. <laughs> no, it's fine. Yeah, that's it. Wow. This is so much fun. This is so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. This is like totally made my whole week. Me too. <laughs> um, I want to thank you guys for listening. Um, do you want to shout out your... Sure, like, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm on Instagram at lovetori, L-U-V-T-O-R-R-I-E, same handle for Twitter. So I'd love to connect with other educators. Awesome. And don't forget, she does voice recording. She has a beauty channel. She is doing... Yes, lovetori beauty on YouTube. Follow me. Subscribe. Yeah, it's quality, y'all. I promise. Um, thank you so much for this conversation. I hope we, you know, can continue to have... Um, conversations with you know veterans and um, I don't even know if I'm a novice teacher I guess anymore but you know I'm still early in my career uh, as we continue to move forward in education so thank you so much um, and yeah I can't stop smiling thank you so much thank you thank you so much for listening to the common sense podcast Subscribe at our website at www.commonsensepod.com and receive the episode a day early. You can also subscribe to the Common Sense Podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. We love seeing your reviews um, and reading them, and it helps spread the message to other educators each time a review is posted. Yes, and we'll see you next time.